Okay, so uh, right, basically, I've got I've got something recording. We're gonna try and add Laurent to this call, which I'm doing right now. And I reckon we just um, I just want to talk shit to both of you, to be honest. Um, so we're gonna see if he picks up, and hopefully he does. Yeah. And we're gonna see can if this works. Okay? Yeah, I can eat you fine. So hopefully we um, hopefully this works. Yeah. Hello. Laurent? Yep. Yeah, mate. How's it going? Good, mate. Um, so I've got Chris on the other line. So, Chris, this is Laurent. Laurent, this is Chris. Hey, so this is fun. We're all in the army together, but it's also kind of sad. But we're not all in at the moment. Yeah, mate. I was. Um, <laughs> I apologise to do this this way, Chris, but um, I was Chris's um, instructor on basic training. Fuck <laughs> yeah! <laughs> 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 when did you march out, Chris? Oh, a while ago. Um, I marched out at the like beginning of twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was twenty seventeen, oh, mate. It was a wee while ago. <laughs> it's going back a while now. Feels quite recent. In your own Christchurch? Yes. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, so I was in 2-1 Bravo down in Dunedin, but moved back up here and I'm not really in anymore. Oh, gotcha. Are you still uh, doing 5-7 um, stuff, mate? Uh, not really. I'm on standby. Technically. Oh, you're on standby, eh? Uh, fair enough. Well, in a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, how can I help, Chris? Well, um... Sorry, I jump, jump in there, mate. Um, I was kind of thinking, like, so I'm sorry to talk over Chris, but um, Chris has just started a yoga um, business, and he's just come back from India, um, and I thought that you would be a great person to talk to. So, right. because we're in this corona time, and um, we're not seeing each other, if it was right with you, I thought I'd record the conversation and pop it out on um, just for anyone to offer, because you're a smart dude, you've got a lot of knowledge, and I think anything that uh, would benefit Chris hearing would benefit anyone else hearing as well. Um, how do you feel about that? And I thought we'd just have a chat about like men's health and stuff for half an hour. So in kind of like a little welcome to the uh, informal Angus Dunn uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, not at this point, but we'll see how we go. Cheers, man. Um, so, Chris, tell us a little bit. Of, oh, in fact, Laura, can you tell me um, a little bit about what you're doing with the app at the moment? Because it seems like everyone else has gotten less busy, but I think that you have been more busy in this time. That's the feeling I'm getting. I'm, 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 tell me I'm wrong, but I, I get the impression that you are now working more because now you've got to put out social media content, which people are expecting not just a few times a week, but you're pumping out five ten bits of content on multiple platforms every day and then on top of that uh you're designing apps and you're putting out actual programs on your websites as well so you've got like a lot of shit going on mate which is um it's it's pretty cool for you it's an exciting time this is this is your time to shine i suppose isn't it yeah well the whole aim is to uh, try and turn the situation around a little bit on the because you know like in terms of adversity, there's always going to be some opportunity, right? It's not all bad. Yeah. Um, it's bad if you stay still, you know? So, so you got to see what moves you can make. 
guess I'll just give you an intro for, I guess, what we what I do. Uh, I've got a personal yeah. training studio called Tony in Wellington, uh, based in the city, and it's a, it's a private one-on-one studio that does personal training, nutrition coaching, and sports massage. A little bit of, like, physiotherapy-type work as well, but you get the point. It's kind of like one-on-one stuff. So thankfully, we our entire business is one-on-one, so that means the relationships that we have with our, like, customer is very strong. So when we went to level four with the uh, whole COVID-19 situation, the whole plan of attack was, okay, how do we maintain these strong relationships? Um, uh, baseline, like very minimum, can we return to work when this is all over and have like as much retention as we can with those clients? Because that's our entire mm-hmm. income, right? So uh, part of the strategy is um, stay in contact. Um, so like Angus, there's a shit ton of content. And there's a lot of value that we're giving clients and also people looking in is another mm-hmm. thing as well we yep. want to be in contact we want to show our clients and everyone that we're actually putting in work now so when we come back uh, to full 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 strides um, there's already a good perception of us from everyone looking in and we've taken care of our clients so all the app stuff all the um, content that we're making regularly is kind of just literally just in and around that um, and you've done an amazing um, effort to foster a feeling of community within your little groups. So you've set up that Facebook Oni Ninjas group, which I think is a brilliant idea. But because of the size of it, it's not out into random social media. It's to a specific group of people who you know are like-minded um, and everyone's commenting on the same post and everyone's sharing it and everyone's um, being really positive, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, been, that's been an interesting um, journey because we haven't really done a Facebook group before. Hmm. Um, done a lot of like Instagram and, and Facebook as a business page, but not a community group. And it's been a lot of lessons learned. I think on Instagram, if you've got a business page, obviously when you communicate through it, you're communicating as the voice of the business, yes. which isn't the same as the voice of Laurent, you know? Correct, correct. Even though I'm the main operator, it's, 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 it's slightly different. So yes. the Facebook group gives you a chance to communicate with the group as Mm. not just it's like it's a little more personable yeah um, I'm, in, I'm in there freaking in my undies and it's all good yeah. you know yeah. so it's like <laughs> and, it, and it's great because it seems like you're, you're really breaking down any form of barrier between um, someone who has a perceived idea of what it means to work out and what it means to I don't know, be a PT or be in a fitness regime or a mindset and it feels like you're making it more accessible to everyone it feels like you're kind of taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I know you've um, you do extensive you do extensive research into multiple disciplines, and it feels like you're able to uh, collect from this large database that you've created yourself through you, through your self with your other clients and your company, and you're kind of able to apply it to anyone who's from any walk of life and if they've got a back problem or if they're bad at walking yeah. or if they can't do one specific thing or if they haven't got a leg and you can kind of make shit, make it work for anyone. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a really good point because that's, that's, that, I think that's essentially what your role as a physical like trainer or mm. coach is initially. Like, still or or anyone in the healthcare product. industry. Yeah, you have to fucking make it relevant and you yeah. have to like uh, make it approachable. Mm. Uh, you don't want people to do stuff. You need to not scare them. Exactly. So, so, so with that... Um, so again, Chris has just back, got back from India and he, he's found that the style of teaching is a little bit different um, here to over there. Um, in fact, Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Just the difference yeah. in style? Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a bit about my story as well. So I, um, I started doing yoga probably 18 months ago. Um, you know, never done it before, never something I'd really been interested in, but I ended up really enjoying it and I kept doing it. I wanted to go deeper into it and learn a lot more and start sharing the tools that helped me so much. So I ended up going to India to do my 200 hour teacher training. Um, it was a fantastic experience. Um, something I've realized since I've got back though is just, I'm not sure how I feel about the yoga industry and how people are teaching yoga here because I really want to target men. I think, um, I think yoga is something a lot of men would really benefit from, but it's just got, um, a real, um, it's a real feminine idea of it. People think it's mainly for girls, but females mainly practice it. Mm. Um, but you also go into a lot of classes here and it is very, um, cathartic nurturing. It's kind of like, go at your own pace, mm. do what you want, find what feels good. But the style I got trained in, in India, and this is how a lot of them do it in the ashrams and have done it traditionally is it's very intense. It's very, um, kind of like masculine. It's a very masculine style of yoga that I think guys would really, mm. um, Sorry to interrupt, Chris. When you say when you say ashram, could you elaborate on that, please? Sorry, ashram. That's um, it's like the traditional Indian schools um, that they were very big before British colonization. But um, it's basically where people learn philosophy and yoga and meditation, that sort of stuff. But so when I'm talking about the ashram style, I mean the physical style. The, the physical practice of yoga is very intense in oh. these schools. Mm -hmm. um, so it got translated into this teacher training environment where it was very physically tough. And I just don't think that yoga is pushed hard enough in New Zealand. It's just not being taught in the right way, I don't think. How many styles of yoga are there? Oh, there's a lot. Um, so, you, you know, and you do, you do get, there are more feminine and masculine styles, but, you, you know, you might have yin where it's very... Um, cathartic and then you might have hatha where it's mm. a lot more physically challenging you know so, many, so it does depend what you're looking are, yeah how many types of yoga are there compared to how many types are represented in New Zealand how many types um I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many styles of yoga there are but the main styles I see in New Zealand are probably vinyasa which is like the cardio flow style mm -hmm. And a little bit of yin. Yep. There are other niche ones, but they're not definitely not in the mainstream. Mm. Um, when you're referring to yoga and you're talking about it in a masculine on a or in a, in a feminine way, um, I understand where you're coming from with that. But just to elaborate, um, you're predominantly talking about the intensity and the, but also the active um, the activeness of the coaches and the more uh, hands-on approach. And I know you said to me earlier that, that it's because they correct you and they push you and they say to you, go, go, go. And you're like, and they say to you, hey, don't give up now. It's not a fucking, it's not a cheat day. Do another five breaths, get deeper, push harder. So there's more of a motivational factor as well. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's where that connection comes in with, um, you know, similar to what you do um, with your gym. It's like hmm. you are building relationships with them and you are, pushing individual students to their limit, but mm. I just, I have not seen that much here, you know, but I think yeah. that, that I agree with you, it's so important to build those relationships and, you know, you might be holding a pose and you might think that you're completely at your limit, um, 
and a lot of teachers I see would tell you not to go deeper. It's like listen to your body, but I I, I think there's a lot of benefit from actually showing the student how much further they can go that, you know, mm. their mind is telling them it's the limit, but it's really not. And that's where I think that intensity and physical approach is really beneficial. So on that, um, you're saying noticing intensity. Uh, I know in PTing, in personal training, that you've got the receipt, um, rate of perceived exertion. Uh, Laurent, do you kind of use that as a measure to gauge how someone's hard and someone's working? Or do you just go off what they look like? So if you're doing a one-on-one yoga session, can you say to them, do you say to them, yep, go harder, go harder, go harder? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So RPE, rate of perceived exertion, is one measure of, mm-hmm. you know, get right, essentially. And um, I guess as a coach, you want to have a few different measures available to you, and mm-hmm. you want to be able to use um, as many as you can that make sense. So... If I want to like really, really simplify things, I might only use that if, if, if it was appropriate. Let's say I'm talking to someone who's like a power lifter and they're sim- the, the training is relatively simple, right? They're talking about weights yeah. and perceived exertion. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's quite simple and we can kind of just distill it to that one measure. But if, if I'm adding some comprehension to it, I'm obviously looking at how he's uh, – uh, like what his response to exercise is. So that might be sweat. That might be breathing. That might be – you know, whatever the science fatigue, you know, so there's a lot of science. Um, I want to ask, um, what the difference between vinyasa, yin, and ashram styles are? So mm-hmm. the main one, are, are people that do vinyasa or yin not pushed? Are they not um, meeting any um, discomfort? I mean, so vinyasa... Is more so you're more moving through a series of poses very quickly. That's just the style of it, um, and it kind of ends up being more cardio focused, a little bit of strength. Um, mm-hmm. Yin is different. I'm actually quite happy with how Yin's taught because it's um, you are holding these deep postures, and we do this thing called edging, where you will meet, you will actually actively try to reach the edge of where you're physically capable of doing it. <clears throat> Does that make sense? The difference there. Yeah. 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 What, what's, when you when you say that there's like maybe maybe some issues in the industry, what do you think those issues are? Um, I just think that yoga is um, and and this is okay for some people, but I don't think they are catering to everyone um, in the sense that it is they are taking the softer approach there. You know, there might not be so much emphasis on edging. Um, and because of that, I feel like a lot of guys that do yoga, they'll like the really intense teachers, but I feel like there aren't, it isn't taught very intensely. It's taught more yeah. as a nurturing, feel good thing. And of course, a lot of the environment. Me just honestly want to be smashed. Hmm. Right, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So it's not catering to people that are basically looking to be challenged. I yeah. think, yeah, is that what that's yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. It's more just um, being catered to someone that wants to just move and do something that feels good mm. rather so, than so I've, be challenged. So we've talked about that a little bit, Chris, before. Um, and I know that from my, from my perspective, it's if you want to do exercise – you want to get out and you're like, 
you know, a 40-year-old uh, middle-aged mother, you're like, okay, I'll go and do some yoga or what seems like cool and chill, something I can do during the day. And it seems like yoga fits that because currently, because you've got all these little boutique yoga studios and it's it's very fashionable at the moment. It's also quite expensive too. I think it's hard um, for a lot of people to access it. I think there are um, some great uh, initiatives making yoga far more cheaper and um, easier for everyone else to be able to do. Um, I know there's a Koha one in Wellington um, a few times a week. Um, and I'm, I know that's up in Auckland, so they are they are around the place. Um, but do you think that's a case of either the style that has been taught is the style that is being learned and then then passed on or do you think that's a case of the way yoga sits in new zealand it is seen as the easy option and then if you want to go hard you go to the gym or you go to yoga or you go to laurent and you say hey mate can you just smash me for an hour and a half twice a week uh, i don't want to walk tomorrow and i'm sure uh, if someone didn't want to walk yeah. laurent could make them not walk <laughs> call it pop yoga where it's just it's it, it's that um kind of like upper class white person version of yoga that they go to just you know so, some of them might be doing it for status some of them might be doing it just to feel good i'm not judging why they're doing it mm. but um yeah i just don't think that people see that there is an option to get that same result um, that they'll get from the wrong or get from a gym or something like that mm. yeah okay so it sounds like the issue right now is that I guess like popular perception of yoga is, is is kind of skewed, right? It's like a small proportion of what yoga could be. Mm. And you're offering something that's a little bit unique because it's different than what everyone else is doing and kind of unlocking some more potentials, especially in some different markets, right? The ones that are looking for um, more challenge, more intensity, growth. Mm. Um, and maybe the assumption is that a lot of that is men, right? But maybe, you know, so is that kind of accurate so far? Yeah, no, it's dead right. Okay. Um, so what's the aim right now? You want to be able to teach uh, a, 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 the style of t- the style of yoga that you want to teach, right? Yeah. And do you want to base a business around that? Like, tell, walk me through what your goals are. Do you want to start a business? Um, yeah, so what I'm, I'm, I'm contracting at the moment, I actually started a to operate under a brand called Fortify. Um, I had started doing that where I was, I think, I think I taught one community class before the lockdown happened, so I just, I honestly just put it all on hold. But um, just got in the long term would be to, yeah, so long term would be to get those going at a community class level. Um, so most of the work I was kind of putting into was just planning around marketing for now. Right. Okay. Um, hmm. I've got a question. Sorry. Oh, yeah, go. Sorry. So, um, just from your perspective, would you say? If you want to create a niche market and you've got this idea, not a lot of people are doing it, would you recommend going one-on-one? Would you recommend just taking, you say, all right, I'm going to find 10 people who want to be the best they can, rather than I'm going to find 100 people to take a class 10 times a week. But I suppose, is there a market for that in Christchurch? Because that's probably what you need to worry about. Um, people don't realize you can do it the same way that 
they do personal training and people don't necessarily know that they would want it. Okay, so so how so, so how would you? So it would definitely be better to do it in class than Okay, but how would you explain if you wanted to do that? Then how would you go about explaining it to them? Because I think the I think the key thing is people have not been communicated to that yoga is good, and if you do it twice a week, mm. you might die less. And it stretches you out, and it's great for your mind, and it's great for your it's great for your skin, it's great for your heart, it's great for your lungs, it's good for just pretty much everything. You lose stress, you lose tension. Now, how do you market that to guys? Build it. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, probably through social media, I've posted a lot about my story on socials, but I've also been focusing on um, you know, building relationships with um a lot of my current students. Because mm -hmm. um, some of them, you know, will be more interested than others. They'll ask some questions. Um, so I just look at it. If I keep building enough good relationships, I'm eventually going to get some private clients. Yep. Um, and on that relationship building, um, have you got any tips or anything to say about that, Because I know with when it comes to relationship building, you're pretty bloody good at that. Thank you. Bro. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot to unpack here, man. There is, there is. Take your time, man. Um, I think I want to go back to the goals just before we get into anywhere deeper. Because, cool. Um, I think when you're talking about like entering a market like this, mm -hmm. you know, you're hitting a lot of different things at once, and it can get really, really complicated. And there's a lot of details that we can get stuck, I guess, wrapping our heads around. Mm -hmm. And it might not be the most productive way to, I guess, engage a conversation right now. I think if we just start from the top, um, what would you say the goals are for you, Chris? Can we start there? Cool. Yeah, Great. totally. Um, probably my goal at the moment would be to teach some classes in my own space um, and get regular people turning up to those classes, I think. Get some regulars. Yeah. You? Uh, did you? Would you have a number in mind? Number. Um, Give me a number. Yeah, let's say ten. Ten. Be a good number. Ten is a good number. Ten's a great number. Ten people show up consistently. There you go. Okay. Does that have to be your own space? Um, or can it be a space that shares the same values as you? Um. No, it has to be my own space because I've actually already got. I I, I work at any time fitness. And I've got a really good, um, you know, I've got a really good thing going there. But I really would like to be able to run my own space independently on top of that. I'm sure you could do your own thing in someone else's area, though. Is that what you're kind of getting onto, Laurel? Yeah, I guess I'm wondering how open you are to align yourself with somebody else's space. Is it a yoga studio? Could be a yoga studio. Could be another um, multidisciplinary. Yeah. Could be a gym. Plenty yeah, of. Totally. And that's the thing. Like there are so many Obviously. gyms who there are so many gyms that also start to offer yoga classes, and they've just got that one yoga. I mean, we had it at Club Calvin, um when I was working there. Yoga. Literally, she walked in and she was like, "Hey, is the boss here?" And I was like, "Yeah, he's just around the corner." And she was like, "Cool, can I go and chat?" And I was like, "Go for it." She spent five minutes talking to him. Um, came back for another meeting a couple of days later. And she was just straight off the street, walked in, and was like, "Hey, I do. I'm a yogi. I do yoga classes. Um, do you guys want yoga classes in your gym?" And this is—I don't know if you, not, none of you have met Rob, but he was a 
Christ, he was a hard bastard at the best of times. So the fact that she was able to get that off the street was pretty remarkable. But again, just going around small gym to small gym. Um, but again, aligning with the values. Finding that space. Yeah, so Chris, um, how open would you be to using somebody else's space? Um, yeah, no, so so I already am doing it in that capacity. Um, so probably would be more looking for it in my own space now because I am already working with someone that's really good and that has allowed me to right. teach in the way I like to teach. But, yeah. Awesome, okay. Why do you want to teach classes in your own space and in your own style? Um, because I want to get my message out there and probably build build relationships with people in an in independent space, I think, um, so that I can expand on that in the future, yeah. Yeah, so why? Good. Why? Good. Yeah, Good. so we're getting ahead of where I've thought about it at this point. Yeah, you said something about your message, and you mentioned that, like, you know, you've gone through this amazing journey, and you want to um, kind of share that, right? Is that something yeah. that's kind of embedded in there? Hmm. Um, is, it, is there something embedded in what, sorry? In the message in your story that you want to share. Um, in, in the sense that you know, giving, giving people the same benefits that I've been able to get and just sharing. Cool. Um, those men. Have beneficial, I think. Okay, okay. So the, the physical benefits, how strong I've um, become through it, how fit I am mm -hmm. from the yoga, the, the mental benefits of it, um, that I've learned how to recognize and work through challenges and the negativity um, that we sometimes go through things like that, sharing, sharing those tools that can deal with those problems. Okay, it's cool. That's right. amazing. So why did you want to share that message? Um, I don't want to share that because I think that um, I can see that it's lacking with some people um, and that I know that they would benefit from it. Okay, there we go. So you want to help people? I do want to help people. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, the reason why I'm asking this, um, and I do a lot of mentoring for other trainers or coaches or, or massage therapists, like a lot of allied health sort of people, um, and this is a really, really good place to start because it clears up your messaging. You know, yes. um, every time you communicate, whether it's to build a relationship or for marketing or even in a business plan, you're communicating your ideas to something, right? So. Clearing up your messaging is really important. You're not going to get it nailed first go, but as you talk about it and as people ask you more and more questions, it cleans up, you know, and it becomes more yeah. and more clear why you're doing something. Um, and, and, you know, Angus is kind of pointing to this as well. It's like you can kind of hear it, right? You kind of have this vibe where you want to help people. Mm. You've yeah. had these experiences and you've found benefit in them. Okay, what are those benefits? Is cool. that something that's actually going to fix a problem? So I think you've already identified something that this is something that's potentially like lacking in a lot of people that you've seen. Mm -hmm. How much mm -hmm. of a problem is like, like do people just uh -huh. not know how to do challenges? Do people what, sorry? You said something about dealing with challenges. It's helped you meet and recognize and overcome those challenges. Is that something that is lacking? You said that you've seen you know, lack of math in people. Yeah, I think so. I think especially with... um. 
with um, mental health as well. I think, um, you know, I I had depression um, and I just didn't have the tools. I didn't know how to recognize, um, you know, negative things that were holding me back or rising my mind. I didn't know how to control that negativity. Um, so, and, you know, you look at our mental health rates as well. Um, people just don't have the tools to look after themselves. I think a lot of the time there's counseling available, but we're not training people um to be proactive and look after themselves, you know, we're, we're depending on health professionals. Mm. Yes. So, okay. So as a health professional, how are you going to help that problem? Um, you know, by, you know, providing a space for yoga, um, and then teaching it in an integrative way, um, so that they can learn things and take things throughout their day, um, that will benefit them. But we ultimately build, that foundation in the yoga studio with the yoga class. Mm. How do you do that? Um, it's through uh, through my teaching style. I um, I like to use little cues. Like um, there'll be someone might be holding a pose for a very long time, and your mind starts racing, and you start thinking about how much it hurts, how much you want to get out of it, mm. um, how much it sucks. And then I will cue them. It's like you need to come back to, your, you know, if you're feeling uncomfortable, recognize that without judgment, come back to your breath, right? So that takes your focus away from the pain or, you know, suffering to use a more dramatic word. Mm. And then you're focusing on the breath again. That's a mindfulness technique. And I always say that, you know, we go through, suffering and, and things happen during our day-to-day lives and we get caught up but so, we can always come back to our breath so that's an example of how i teach in an integrative way so it seems like yeah. you're almost using you're using yoga and the coaching to bridge the gap between um that physical training um and that one-on-one client relationship and then also incorporating that mental health and that uh you know awareness of yeah awareness of mental health and being aware in the state and listening to your breath and thinking about your consciousness and you're kind of incorporating yeah the mental health side of things into the physical which is cool but how do you do that more how do i do that more? yeah sorry that, sorry, that, sorry that's a dumb question yeah. sorry that's a dumb question then. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think I think you're going to come to a, a cool little um, place in between because you've got to be when you're trying to push someone physically, and then having to relate that to how you push them mentally. It's an interesting um, gap. If someone is in a high pressure physical situation, as well as having a high level of mental stress. Being able for that person to be able to breathe and take a calm breath and think and have one second of clarity amongst a cacophony of noise, but only perceived in your mind. It's an incredible gift to be able to have that pause and take note of your surroundings. Um, and I know that I've tried to use that uh, when instructing. Um, uh, in, in in a few forms um i think that you might you might be able to attest to that as well um 
Yeah, sorry, that, that was about the only, that was the end of the thought, to be honest, mate. Yeah. Sorry. I'm what? just going to uh, bring us back to, I guess what I'm uh, thinking about how I can best help you is mm. distilling that message so that you're better equipped to build those relationships, whether it's in digital marketing or in a person-to-person session in a class one-on-one. Um, mm. And you kind of, you can tell like you haven't gone through some of this line of questioning before, but it's really, really important that you do, right? Because yeah, it's something, it's, it, 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 especially this market that, you know, doesn't exist yet, that, that, that's where you really shine in your, your, your ways of communicating. Because I'm in a similar space, right? I'm doing... I'm doing movement training. You're doing some weird stuff, mate. You're doing some cool stuff, but it's I love it. I love it so much, mate. I can't even tell you. Yeah. It's really interesting because obviously, uh, what, what's the what's the market? Okay, well, if I look at the problem, is that everyone can move better. Okay, cool. That's an amazing market. Everyone can move better. Hmm. But who actually recognizes that they need to move better? That's a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of that market. So I've had this journey of, okay, how do I communicate this in a way that allows people to buy into it, you know, allow people to recognize the problem and link my service to some sort of solution, right? So it's kind of the same thing with you. You've noticed that there is this, um, I guess, lack of strategy in dealing with suffering slash challenge, right? Um, some mindfulness technique to do with that. Essentially, this is what coaches do as well, right? Coaches of any level, whether they're a counselor or a therapist or a PT, you're progressively exposing the client to growth-inducing challenge. Right? More and more stress, time, yeah. Right? You're building stress to adapt. And it's not just any stress, because you could do that with anything. You, hmm. It's stress that's aligned with their goal. So yours is, is definitely that. Um, and the, the modality that you've chosen to do that is is the one that's kind of not a market yet, but there's a lot of strength in that, right? Because you could be first to market. Yes. You could be the first one in that to dominate that space. And you can totally do that, right? So that really depends on how well you can communicate that message across different platforms, right? Because yeah. – um, and that's why it's so good to start out those goals and, 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 and what problem you're solving and why you do it. Because anytime anyone asks you, you go, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, I teach yoga. And it's like, well, that's, that's a conversation done. And it's like, yeah. no, you help people meet challenges with with grace. Oh, my God, how do you do that? Um, well, that's when I get my spiel. You know, it's like um, you're, you're, you're basically your USP is, is the thing that you need to basically um, – Communicate really well. USB is a um, unique selling point. Um, yeah. Um, so, what are you doing at the moment? You've got any time fitness and you're a coach? PT? Um, uh, just just yoga teacher there. Oh, yoga teacher. Okay. So, yoga teacher at any time yes. fitness. What is any time fitness? Is that like a commercial gym? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a commercial gym. Um, so, my client base there is mainly um, probably women. From the age of forty to sixty, there. Really? The style of. That's a surprise. Yes. Yeah, that's um, a big shock. Yeah, but it's interesting because, you know, because it's not. Um, if, if I were to choose a client base, I probably wouldn't have chosen that demographic. It's just the way it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I am still able to teach them in the same way I want to teach. I think they're getting the same benefits out of them. You know, like I'm still, um, yeah, I'm still making them work very hard. I'm not really compromising my philosophy or teaching style at all. So it's it's quite good actually. It, it probably shows that um, I can market to you know it, it, it would resonate with people who I wouldn't have even picked in my demographic. Well, there you are. And if you can make it resonate with people that you didn't think it would work to and that weren't on your radar at all, then imagine how impactful it could potentially be to the people who are on your radar and are your target market. Yeah, right, so what's the next step then? Next step. Hmm. You've got your way, you've got your problems. Um, now you have to figure out how to fix that problem. Right, so you've got a approach that you want to sell. Okay, so you've got. You see, the, the hard thing is, is that ashram is is a style that you don't own. Right, you've learned this, um, and in terms of marketing, that's not so good because someone else could bring that into the market as well. And if they've got more money than you and more marketing ability and more business strength than you, then they could easily dominate that over you. Right, so. Um, that's the space that we're basically focusing on. Because right now, like, right, are you pretty confident that your coaching is good? Um, yes, it's good. Yes, it's good. It, it, it is worth paying money for. But, you know, I, I still have a new teacher, so I would still like to develop more, obviously. But, yes, yeah, I'm totally. satisfied with my level at the moment. There we go. Totally. That's a good attitude to have, right? So you can always be better. Mm. Good. Um, yeah. So, essentially, like, what's going to give you the most value out of your time right now is basically figuring out how to build your business and market in a way that's going to get you customers. Um, yeah. And you kind of already know what kind of customers there are, right? There's the class base and then there's a the one-on-one base and there's some like kind of flexibility in how much you can do in both because one-on-one's not really like the biggest market, but it could be, you know, you don't know. So, so anyway, yeah. um, okay, I just had a quick Google of yoga for men. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting Google. What came up with that? Um, so, Top pick. Uh, here are 10 yoga poses for men that are perfect for the male body. That's from yogaapproved.com. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of YouTube videos. Um, there's some people asking, is yoga good for men? How can a man do yoga at home? Can you get strong with yoga? Is yoga good for men over 50? Easy. So this is some um, research that's really, really powerful for how you want to market on the digital front, right? Because you kind of get a predictor of what people are even searching for. And if, if you wouldn't mind me elaborating on that, um, if you're really going to go hard on that type of thing, then you can also look into search engine optimization and you can look at um, a whole bunch of other things um, and even using Google Analytics, which is pretty straightforward and easy. And you can get a real idea of how many people are looking for yoga in a very, very, very specific area. And I mean, you can find, you could find the exact number of people who have searched the word yoga in Christchurch over the last two weeks. Yeah, um, but we can do some of that later, mate. Just out of curiosity, if you guys Google real quick, personal training wellness, personal training wellness. Yep. I can guarantee you mine is probably the most, um, uh, what's it called? All right, mine's the most, um, what's the word? What's, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not apartheid, Se not separate. Unbiased, there we go. Mine's the most unbiased. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking apartheid. <laughs> hey, what's that? 
um, essentially the compound search engine optimization work there. The numbers that you, the, the, the data that you enter in is a search engine. They do a crawl and find out what the most relevant thing is. Um, you want to be on top five, right? You want to be in the top five pages of whatever people are searching for. So um, in the digital front, and this is a powerful thing, that like digital right now is massive. It doesn't trump you speaking to people and building communication and relationship right from the get-go. This is just to get people in front of you. Right, so um, it's, it pays to do some research on what people are likely to search for. So if, if like, let's let's assume that a lot of men or people in your target demographic will search for yoga for men, that means if they look for yoga for men, you should be in that top five. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally, however you do it, um, might be your website or some sort of blog or whatever. And again, to be fair, when you look at scaling. Um, being able to do that in New Zealand, we're, we're in a run full bunch that it's not it's not horrendously expensive to be able to scale up um, with that kind of thing as well, because it's pretty small. What's a cool on his website? Um, you were on page, I got you on page three. Um, sorry to say this, mate, but only a few under Les Mills personal training, which is pretty fun cool, actually. To be fair, um, I am, I am calling on the other side of the world, so give it some slack. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny little thing. It does take into account your location as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank God for that. Anyway, so we've got your goals, we've got a problem, we've got some USP. Uh, now it's basically like how you're going to approach your, uh, your business and your uh, marketing. So um, the USP stuff, the how you communicate that, they'll clear up. Um, sure of it just keep talking to people about it um have you got your own space you said you've got your own space right now how big um, is that have you already started teaching in there what's the current situation well yeah i i have started teaching in it um it probably would have fit probably 20 people in it but um i stopped is it under your friend when we went into lockdown um, no, right. under one called Fortify Yoga, I decided not to use my name. Fortify Yoga. Who's Fortify Yoga? Sorry, that, that is him. Fortify. That is me. Oh, that is you. Okay. Yeah. Right. But I, yeah, I, I didn't want to operate under Chris. So, you know. Oh, no, that's okay. I was meaning like you as in like, is it your business? Um, so Fortify oh, sorry, Yoga <laughs> is your business, right? Right. Okay. You've already started teaching. Okay, what's oh, and you only just started teaching here, so it's not like you have like a client-based lockdown. No, definitely not. Okay, how did you get those customers in the first place? Um, relationships that I had built with some of the um, friends who are into yoga. Those those were my main pulls. Okay, so what's the main goal with um, with that business, right? You've got, uh, in terms of like specific like um, numbers, you want to get people into these classes, right? Right. Is there any other goal? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So um, yeah, just to get yeah, probably just to get uh, my desired client base um, turning up regularly to classes, and you know, and yeah. the desired numbers which would be ten a class. Yeah. And sorry to interject, but it also sounds that you you want to go on a journey with your clients, and you want to you want to help them out physically and mentally, and create a kind of a 
an overall system of well-being that you can help a ton of people with. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So how are you going to get people in front of you? That's the main question. Because I'm kind of assuming that as soon as they get in front of you, they can buy into the process quite easily because you're a good coach and can communicate your ideas and you can show them the benefits right um, i'm assuming there's nothing wrong yeah. with the product you know there's all that we get improved but let's just assume there's nothing wrong with the product right um, okay no, so yeah, what else you do is there's the product probably with the marketing that's the issue i think yeah okay so what are all the different ways you can think of to get people in front of them you've got existing relationships that you can leverage from what else have you got um i was doing um I was doing Facebook ads, um, talking about it on my Instagram, um, community notice boards on Facebook. Um, I haven't actually explored the avenue of a website yet, though, because um, that was interesting. What did that Google search, those analytics? Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's about it at the moment. Okay. Can you think of anything else that's going to get someone in front of you? Not at the top of my head. Keep thinking. <laughs> How else do you want to get on the yes. platform? Oh, I'm Anything. Anything. Mm. Posters. Posters, yeah, okay. Texting. Random conversations. People that you meet yep. on the street. Hell yeah. Right. Okay. Can we keep going? This is fun. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Jump in, Amy. <laughs> Everything you got. Um, Random uh, drop okay. marketing. You know what I have been doing, actually? Yes! I've had it in my bio. I've been like, follow my Instagram for information about XYZ, and I've actually got some follows from that. Engagement, which is interesting. Oh, that's too good, mate. That's too good. Hey, and if you honestly, mate, if you wanted to take that one step further, do you know where you'd go? Where? Grinder. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. I'm, I'm being serious. If, if you wanted to take that a step further, that's you do exactly what the girls do on Tinder, and you go on Grinder. You chuck up your profile and you say, hey, I'm not looking for anything. I'm just a yoga teacher um, looking to make friends because that's true. And then you put your bio up and I guarantee you that would increase your following. That's a I know. <laughs> it's also weird. But um, yeah. Hey, got to be done. Any other ideas? Um, people read the newspaper. Maybe not 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 my demographic, but still people. Uh, yeah. Be something underutilized. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything specific to your demographic that you can think of? Clubs. Oh, university. Clubs. Probably sports clubs and gyms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's stuff? What else is in there? Um. Universities, schools. Yeah, stuff would be, oh no, rugby clubs. Yeah, there we go. Um, boxing 
going to the places where my clients will be and directly approaching them. Mate, you can walk. Yeah. You can you can literally walk into offering, you can, offering a card. Yeah. Um, Mate, you, if you wanted to. Services catered to rugby players, boxers, etc. Yeah. Loves to um, yeah. Okay. You can walk into your local rugby service, club. You could call up yeah. your local rugby club. Excuse me, local rugby club. You could call them up and be like, "Hey, mate, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm going to offer your first eleven an hour yoga session for free. Um, tell me when." And if you called every single rugby club within, um, you know, a five mile radius, you might be able to get one, maybe two. There might be one or two clubs. Um, and if you go from, you know, you if you go in all leagues, then you probably get a better shot. And then add it. Then you've got. It may, say you do that once or twice, then you've got two other opportunities where you've got either 30 or 20 or even 10 other guys who just stick around after training, and the ones that stick around, those are the ones who are going to be interested. Yeah. Plenty of places, I think that's what you're trying to say, eh, mate? Yeah, pretty much the bigger you can build this list, um, the better, because you can offer them a lot of different things, right? And it doesn't all have to be at once. So if we use the uh, boxing gym or the rugby club as an example, there's a lot of ways you can get it in, right? So it's like, okay, if you ask Angus, like, what's it going to take for Angus to like uh, do this style of yoga? Yeah. You know, it's, it's what, what's, what's, what's the like most likely thing happening? Is, is Angus, do you think Angus is going to search for it himself? Yeah. Probably not. Refer him to it and come with yeah. or something like that. What do so, I, what, what is going to motivate motivate me to do that yoga and want to do it twice a week, but only after hearing it yeah. from a friend and never knowing about it before? Yeah. So it's like referral networks are super powerful. You already know that, right? Because you basically leverage your existing relationships. And referral networks from that are super, super strong because it's people that. Um, everyone trusts you know the only reason why i go to this fucking barber is because this guy told me to i didn't really do my research because i can't be bothered you yep. trust this guy you know yep. it's the same same guy i think so um as best you can if you can build a relationship with these boxing gyms rugby clubs or whoever however you do it whether that's offering them a free session here and there or just anything you know just start talking to people and especially talking about what you're basically offering your unique selling point is is different than everyone else because you might not want to leave with just yoga and leave it at that because they'll have an assumption, right? So you kind of want to yeah. uh, you, you tell say, them the why a little bit. You know? So yeah. I think start making a big list of all the different ways you can generate a lead and then think about all the different ways you can uh, build more pretty much or keep them, you know? So, um, because then you start getting an idea of what you're investing your time is because you might not offer like 20 freebies at all at once. You might be a little smarter about that doing like two or three this week and then two or three next week, you know? Hey, mate, do you want also another um, left ball field idea? Go on. Go into the RSA. Go into the RSA and target all those people with just horrible bodies and who have been wrecked after years of pack running go into the rsa and find anyone under the age of 70 and be like hey guys who wants a free yoga class and go and offer any of them who would want a one-on-one session a one-on-one free yoga class 
See how many take? Yeah. I guess the, um, a, big, a big point about this as well is because you're kind of managing two markets, right? You're trying to dominate the yoga market that does exist, and you're also trying to carve out a market for yourself, right? Because it's a new, hmm. a new demographic. Industry. So you want to hit a little bit of both, right? So the for the people that kind of already know what yoga is, what, who, who, who would be, um, I don't know, who would be in your target demographic who kind of knows what yoga is that would engage with yours? Probably someone who's a little bit older, wants some gentler versions of exercise and kind of a little more masculine version of that. You're probably looking at kind of the older, older 50 males, you know what I mean? So you kind of want to dominate yeah. that from what Angus said as well. So that's not a bad idea, man. Just keep riffing off of that. Um, it, it could potentially be, um, you know, you're just speculating in mode, but it could be a thing. So but write, write that down, you know, jot that down. Well, well yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. That's spot on, because with one exception, um, the only males that had turned up to the classes have been over 50. Mm. So that yeah. was spot on. And to be fair, my dad does yoga every Saturday. He does hot yoga at 7 a.m. every Saturday morning. Um, at yeah. the hot yoga class with you know forty degrees or thirty eight degrees, but he does it because it's hard. So maybe there's something in that people that do hot yoga, because that's a more of an intense version, are would be slightly more receptive to your ideas. Um, I don't know if there's something you can play around that. Um, maybe playing with how you, what you call your and um, what you call your class, like hot yoga without the room. I don't know. It's not yoga. It's, oh, there you go. It's not hot yoga. It's hard yoga. Catch it. Catch phrases for days, mate. You can, you can make a list of it too. Oh, no, I can. I'll make a list of all the potential business names. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um. Hey, that sounds pretty. Um. That's pretty good. How are you feeling, Chris? Good. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for writing this. You've been up a lot. No, happy to help, man. Uh, mm. You've got a really good friend there who can help you as well, man. Angus is pretty switch on. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing guy. Cheers. Um, okay, um, I guess big point is, is just keep working on that list. Um, be smart with your time, too, you know? So it's like, think carefully about like what you want to do. Don't just like go and do it and then be surprised that it failed. You know, it's like how you perceive failures. But yeah, um, mm. that USP, keep talking about it with people. Keep clearing up that message because the clearer it is to you, um, to clear your messaging on across everything is going to be from your branding to your mm. marketing to what your Facebook ads you put out. Keep keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, that's just one thing I noticed is when I asked you those questions, I was like, ah. Oh, you can't yeah. you knew it. Yeah. You're not practiced, you know. Yeah. You know it. No, it's not here. Yeah. Yeah. You're not practiced, you know. So just keep just keep talking about it. And I suppose it's that thing that um, if you say something again and again and again, you get clarity as well. But also, the more you talk about it, yeah. the more the idea will form in your own mind. And you might find in yeah. six months, if you write also writing everything down is very important, as I'm sure Laurent will tell you. Um, yeah. So if you write it down, and then in six months' time, you can go back and be like, oh shit, I initially wanted. Um, uh, you know, 20 to 30 year old men playing rugby and doing boxing. And now I want um, 20 to 50 year old men and women who do all sports, you know, I don't know. 
it will be interesting to track your also it'll be interesting to track your the way you perceive what you're trying to get across versus what you're actually trying to get across and how the two interact and that's that's also going on your perception versus the reality of the situation um because i i do i do think and I, i've said this to you before Chris, and i do apologize for repeating it i do think that part of the problem that you're facing when it comes to marketing to men is your own belief that it is difficult yeah and i know that's um it's not obviously it's not the entire problem but again when you're repeating things and you're going over these points again and again when you have that clarity of thought um, communicating your ideas becomes far easier and people become much more receptive to it um, and I'm sure Laurent you would have had experience the same thing you you might have talked to someone about your gym uh, in your initial phases um, when you were kind of figuring things out and then gone back to talk to them a year later and they were like oh shit this guy knows exactly what he wants now um, yeah yeah it's one of those things because as you talk about it you see people's reactions too so it kind of like course corrects you a little bit mm. if you trust people if you tell them something outrageous like yeah i'm gonna um use yoga to really help people with their uh, immuno immune compromised health right um, cool. which might be true, but you yeah. know you might not have the conditions to say that so it's kind of, again people will give you that look too they're like oh really i don't know if you're qualified you might have to rethink that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like it's like when you're taking financial advice out of someone's um rental car yeah 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 keep building that mm. um, um, the, the approach is really good right you know, the principles are there all the values are there it, it, it falls in line with any time anybody is trying to coach anyone in anything right you have to expose them to challenge and you have to guide them through it and you bring mindfulness to it right they have to be able to recognize their own problem so mm. that's consistent with like growth which is massive right you're helping people grow and also I, I, I love the way you approach the problem you've gone from you've got the why you've got the goal you've got your unique selling point you've gone on to facing your problems and then you're getting onto the marketing side I think that's a real cool like linear strategy but it can be used in day-to-day -day life and you're right when you play pay close attention to what is happening um, shit becomes clearer and I'm sure like, you know Chris and I will talk about this a lot as well um, general mental health is something that is not always easy to come by. Um, so on that, is there anything you do specifically for your mental health every day or every week, um, especially in the, in the old coronavirus times? And I'm glad we haven't touched on that at all today, which has been great. <laughs> First full hour without mentioning the goddamn topic. Um, yeah, so do you do anything for your own mental health personally? Both. Oh, you got this, yeah. yeah, well, that's been an interesting like, subject for me for a long time because mm. it's like I'm quite uh, obsessive about my goal. So as soon as I align myself to something, I'm kind of like tunnel vision to it. So yes. my health does flip. So it's you... been a, a constant battle for me. Uh, but one thing that I found really helps is that I've made a list. Well, yeah, I keep talking about these lists. I've made a list of all the things that make my day a good day. Mm. Oh, cool. Um, that was actually a lot harder than I thought. You know, the first hour it was mostly work-related stuff or things that give me um, like fulfillment in that area. But I was like, man, there's really something else in my life that gives me joy, 
and you know, by, by second hour, I was like, okay, cool. You know, the smallest things like coffee, stretching, yep. exercise, yep. actually just practicing mindfulness, smelling shit. Oh, oh dude, yeah. So building up that list of things that uh, fulfill me and mm. make my day a good day, really helpful. And then that's kind of just like my like check in with myself. It's like, have I taken care of myself today? Mm. Um, and I kind of just run myself through that list. And I kind of, you know, I'm not going to hit all of them. I'm not going to hit 100. percent you know, something in some areas, you know, I don't know what model you want to use wellness, but let's say it's like the whole emotional, spiritual, physical stuff. Yeah. I'm just kind of making sure that I've ticked some boxes in each, you know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, hey, I've also got to ask, um, when you're making that, when you're when you're going through that list and you're recognizing these things. I'm imagining most of these things are the little things in life and they're the tiny things. It's, you know, you're washing, you're feeling the water over, the, over your hands or you're looking outside and you're seeing the sunshine or you're smelling something or you're having that sip of coffee. Am I right in saying it's, it's, it's about paying attention to the moment and that is where a lot of the enjoyment in life actually does come from? Yeah, totally. Because like when you're uh, fulfilling your duty working towards something you're thinking about being productive you know you actually miss out on a lot of things around you mm. uh, and it's, it's funny because the more stress you get or at least the more stress i get the less i notice it the more the more i need it so it takes a lot to try and recognize it so yeah it's a, it's a hard one but yeah you're right it's like it is the small things okay or maybe find the joy in in lots of little things you know? so what makes you recognize it when do you recognize to yourself that you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in the flow state or I didn't notice that coffee taste this morning yeah. or, um, yeah. and you look up after two hours of work and you go, oh shit, that's the first time I've had a breath today. How, how do you check yourself? How do you check in with yourself? Is that an yeah. ongoing process or is that that's a thing? A really that's a really good question. It's the same for like, um, you know, like faulty movement patterns and stuff. It's like it doesn't, mm -hmm. it, you don't notice it until it bothers you, you know? So there has to be some sort of like trauma with it, I think, you know? You don't really address issues until they become issues, you know? It's very hard to correct. Yes, yes. You know, it's, uh, so it's something I'm getting continuously better at, right? But I've got, um, I guess, another list of signs that I'm slipping, you know? Mm -hmm. So whether that's like to do with my attention or my levels of fatigue or um or whatever other measure right so those are kind of like signs um but i think you can do better than that right so you can have something external remind you yes um, okay so i've got a i've got a um, reminder on my phone that's not the sound of an alarm because i hate the sound of my alarm oh that's um, a good move. the sound of um like either waves or birds chirping mm -hmm. it is a little bit friendlier to me that kind of reminds me to check myself Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So you put reminders uh, on your phone throughout the day, a little bird call, and then you're like, oh, just to check in, just a little touchstone to just to make sure you're on the right on the right page today. Yeah, oh, that's... It's not a task to add to my list of shit. It's just like, bird chirps, okay, look away from the screen, breathe, have a quick little summary check. I don't have to bring out my list. It's, in, it's like somewhat in my head. I just have to make sure I'm okay. Take a breath. Okay, I come back. Like it's kind of like a little reassess. Like, mm, mm. I really like that idea of um, setting alarm randomly, th randomly throughout the day. It pops up, and you're like, oh, okay, just seeing where you are at yeah. each point in time. That's really cool. Might, yeah, otherwise it might take me three hours sitting on my desk to notice my mm. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, I think I think we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or even worse, what I'll do, I'll sit down and be like, oh shit, I've been reading the same page because I don't understand one word for the last two hours. And you're just going, you're, you're hitting your head against a brick wall. I, I mean it obviously in, in another language. <laughs> um, but you're, you're so, so yeah, um, you, you're talking about recognizing, um, when you recognize your issues, you talked about that in the correlation to a physical activity like a squat and correcting the alignment. So that is a pattern. To me, that sounds like a pattern. So you, um, you recognize the issue comes to mind, you recognize the issue, you fix the issue, and then you have a corrective measure to rinse and repeat. Um, and I think it's important to note that this can't, that kind of style of fixing a problem can be applied to anything in life. And I know that I, I've, tr I've struggled with this a little bit. So um, recognizing your own patterns can help you break them as well. Um, yeah, I, an example I've got is, I occasionally smoke, um, and it's it's all patterns and it's habits. And it was an, it was a couple of days ago I realised that um, I picked up this habit from when I was a teenager, and it's just been carried through. And it's all patterns. It's just re, uh, it's reflexive instinct that you don't have a lot of control over unless you're paying attention. And it's even as simple. Um, and this is what we can do today. The next time you go to check your phone, just stop yourself. And just just question why you're doing it and it's really really interesting to see because your brain has got your body's already got this reflex that goes check your phone every five minutes and then you go to check it and if you can stop yourself just for a second and you can release and relax and let go of that feeling of immediately needing to do something i think that can also be applied to chris and your yoga how you can well how, how people focus with going from a stressful physical situation to Focusing where you are, breathing, dropping, relaxing, and then um, I'm assuming also with um, correcting client patterns as well, and being like, okay, where are we going wrong in this specific uh, movement? But it's all like releasing Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, then same question for you, Chris. What do you do to for your mental health on a daily basis? Yeah, so, um, yeah. And thanks for that, Laurent. That's really interesting. For me. I do the, um, I'll make sure I'm doing some sort of movement-based activity, whether that um, working out with some kettlebells, going for a walk, uh, or mainly doing yoga. I make sure I do something where I am moving my body um, mm -hmm. because that helps me stay on top of my stuff um, and then I'll make sure I'm doing some sort of introspective um, practice whether that's journaling writing about um, how I'm feeling because that allows me to see how I'm doing emotionally in a detached way on a piece of paper so I can process that yeah. um, alternatively if I don't journal I mainly I'll mainly do meditation and the mindfulness style that we've been kind of talking about that because mindfulness meditation really aims to get that result where you will have that you know, immediate results where you you'll catch yourself lost in thought um 
so you so when you meditate you close your eyes and you focus on something like the breath and then what you'll notice is that your mind will wander you won't be able to keep completely focused on the breath and the practice is to just notice that you're lost in thought and then come back to the breath and that's transferable because you will notice that you're starting to get angry or you're lost in thought during a stressful situa- uh, situation and you can acknowledge that not identify with that and by not identifying with those feelings you don't get carried away and caught up in them and act in a way that you don't want to act so it just really allows you to just be um it allows you to be the person you want to be without those stresses and things that make us unhappy mm. so those are my those are the practices that i have to do every day otherwise i'm just not going to function how i want to function and do you notice when you don't do them do you notice it in the first hour or do you notice it in the first day or does it take a while for you to kind of slide out of that and again um, how do you recognize when you're not in that correct frame of mind that you personally think you need to be to, into to be in that um before one of a better word flow state yeah flow state i'll usually recognize it that night because i'll probably have trouble getting to sleep or i'll be okay. very restless before i get to sleep yeah um, so but i think that is the mindfulness practice because I've, I've got fairly good at checking in with my thoughts and noticing when they are starting to control me a bit more you know mm-hmm. um you know it might be because i'm um i might notice that i'm thinking about something that's going to happen tomorrow in a more compulsive way than i usually do um so yeah i think uh, for me introspection is a huge one cool awesome um well if you're if you're interested um i make sure i do three things every day i make sure i do some form of physical exercise and that could be 15 minutes of just movement and a little bit of stretch, light stretching in the morning or um, doing a ton of push-ups at night or going to the gym or going for a walk, anything physical. I make sure I try and meditate either in a Wim Hof method or in the in a mindfulness meditative method. And I also have a cold shower every day. Every single day for the last oh, fuck, two years, two and a half years, I've had a cold shower. I've turned the cold end of every shower to the cold side, and it sucks. So, what have you noticed about the Wim Hof method and the showering and conduction? Um, How have you found both of those things? I found them very separate, to be honest. I think what I um, the way I see the shower thing, it's it's just a it's a it's a challenge. It's a daily challenge. It's the worst part of my day every single day. Um, which is good because then everything gets easier. If you've already been, if you're already cold and wet in the shower and you're shivering and like, oh, this sucks. Then when you when you're in clothes and you're inside and you're like, I'm not getting rained on and I'm not naked. This is great. Um, maybe not the naked part, but you know. Um, <laughs> yes, and um, I can't remember what you say, mate. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So those those three things. So I mean, again, that. Yeah, and it's basically trying trying to trying to tick one aspect of each realm of uh, health, I suppose. And I think you touched on that as well, Ron. Like, um, you've got different areas, so you need to. It's important. It's important to work on your fitness side, and then also within your fitness, you've got different. You've got strength, and you've got stretching, you've got balance, and then also on your mental health, and you've got your actual organisation, then you've got your mental clarity, and then you've got your mental focus, and you've got different areas. Um, 
areas on areas on areas yeah anyway um so thanks very much for the call guys um i really appreciate it um i know i learned a lot um damn right you've got some cool stuff going on mate i cannot wait for that app to come out um and i think actually as it's the morning for me i might go and do you've got um oh why is that gone i've just lost the tab but you've got some free classes on your website at the moment is that correct Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like classes, but it's like workouts and little mini programs and stuff like that. Yeah. So how about? I am. I am actually. I'm doing a handstand challenge at the moment. Um. So how would I find that? I'd go to oni. So o n i dot co dot nz. Yep. And then I'd and then I'd go into the library of that and just have a bit of a scroll. Yeah. Cool. Um, and again, your and what's your Instagram handle? Uh, only underscore NZ. And Chris, what's yours? Chris Star with two R's underscore. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um. Cool. That's yeah, a lot of process. Really awesome. I'm hearing about your business, man. And Thanks, man. Thanks so much for your help. Um, yeah, so I'll do a lot of writing now, so it'll be good. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. See you guys. Hey, I really appreciate your time, Ron. Yeah. Thanks very much. Um, have a good night. Yeah. See you, mate. Hey, mate. How's it going? Good. Right, Woo! Oh, shit, it's over. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs>